the Dream 3 Podcast, back in your life, episode number 29. A lot of stuff going on this weekend. It's a it's a weird point in the sports category right now because football's over. We just had the combine this weekend. Baseball is basically killing itself by not having a season and the owners and the players stuck in delegation. Um, you have hockey going on. You have soccer. Um looking forward towards the backside of this year. Like Neil said, the Lakers suck. Basketball isn't really that great to watch right now, or unless you're a big John Morant fan. But there's still a lot of stuff for us to talk about. Um, biggest news of, I think, my week, I'm a first-time father. I had a baby boy this past week, uh, March 1st, little Wesley in my life. So I'm doing Congrats. this podcast on, on three hours of sleep, so I'm I'm – I'm trying to figure out what that dad life is Leap like. Leap right is now. for the week. You can rest when you're dead. I have figured Leap. that out. I'm, I'm, I'm on three hours of sleep and uh, and some McDonald's French fries for for today. So, hey, whatever gets the job done, we're moving forward in that. So, uh, the first topic I think we're going to kick off the show today with is the biggest news from today, and it, it broke midway through the day, is Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons is going to be suspended the entire 2022 season for the reason was he was found out to be betting on NFL games. Now, I think this is kind of a touchy sub subject here because, as we know, Calvin Ridley was not with the team for most of the season. He left he had for personal reasons. For personal reasons, whether it be mental health, but we knew it was not um, you know, an injury related thing, but he's away from the team. So, uh, Schefter's reporting off of another source that there was no inside information. There was nothing like this. It was a bunch of parlay games. Now, Calvin Ridley has come out on Twitter and had a couple tweets back and forth saying that he's, he did no more than $1,500 on the bets. He knows that he did something wrong, but he's getting a year suspension for it. Um, my thought is this this plays right into the NFL's hand of he's going to be made a, you know, he's going to be made a victim or not a victim, but he's going to be the poster boy of, hey, don't bet on NFL games that you're playing in or you're a part of the team. So now for the rest of time, he's going to be the poster child for that. What, what's your thoughts on that, Neil? If obviously, he wasn't <clears throat> with the team when he was betting, but we knew that with this new age of, you know, the bet MGMs and all the, the draft Kings and the fan duels and this and that coming into the sports game, that it was going to happen sometime. Yeah. Um, makes you kind of wonder what his, what the issue was with uh, him leaving for personal reasons. You know, it's like, what, what were you leaving for? Are you leaving because because you uh, you lost a bunch of money and now you got to pay your bookies and your bookies have you down in you know Mexico and they're have a bag over your head like what's going on? I mean, I, uh, <laughs> sad. I had I think I, I Ridley was my wide receiver that I picked in our little fantasy draft thing. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he owed me some money. <laughs> So I think the biggest thing out of this is I can't compare it to a Pete Rhodes situation because Pete Rose was betting on games that he was involved in um, as a manager. I didn't think he did. I thought he I thought he only bet on games that he wasn't involved in. 
No, Pete Rose was betting on the Reds when he was the manager of the Reds. Oh. So this situation with Calvin Ridley is, you know, it it's touchy because <clears throat> depending on where he lives, um, Georgia, Florida, Bama, or Mississippi, none of those are betting states. Just like you're in Ohio, you can't have a FanDuel account, a DraftKings account, and bet. Where here in Indiana, betting no, is, you, no, you would have to, you would have to do like an online bookie. So either, yeah, either that, or he has a bookie somewhere, or you yeah. know, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> um, so I don't. It, it's a, it's a weird situation. But to see Calvin Ridley come out on Twitter today and kind of defend himself, I think that's kind of good. But you. Know, He's the first guy, so the NFL is going to come down on hard on him, and there's no ways of no ways around it. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah. D. Bland said they had to make an example out of him. I, you said that. I agree. I think you have to because you don't want that. You don't want that running around. You don't want that causing problems. The NFL's made so much money, and their ratings have gone just exponentially and exponentially higher over the past couple of years. You don't want something like this ruining your reputation. Um knocking down your product i mean the nfl is the biggest product in america and it's not even close so you got to keep it got to keep it clean you have to you have to make an example out of him do it for anybody cut him for a year i don't care doesn't bother me yeah i mean besides the falcons it's not like they're gonna make noise yeah but it's also that you know he knows what the rules are as being a player in the league um, you willingly broke those rules. Now you got caught, so you got to serve the punishment. Yep. Sucks to suck. Don't do it. Don't do it. Simple as that. All right. Uh, next thing on our topic list was the NFL Combine was this past weekend. Um, checks in started on. You weren't. In, so when you were working with the Colts, um, you weren't involved in anything with the Combine, were you? Not with the Colts when I worked for them. It was. So when I was in undergrad, we would partner with the NFL Combine at my school um, and just serve as like medical history examiners. So I would do that. And then it just so happened that like the next year I worked for the Colts and they're the ones that I saw. So like I knew I knew the guys who were already there helping with the medical exams. I was just assisting. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you talk the way it goes is you just need to do a history exam with them and the players and then they move on to their next part of their screen and once they clear all that stuff then they go to the combine so it's you know what we used to call it when we were all doing combines whether it been a high school or college is, is like a cattle call or a meat market you're basically getting poked and prodded you know through the medical exam <clears throat> um are they still doing the wonderlick test i think they are I'm not I sure. never administered it just in my section. It was just um, basically you're just confirming their medical history mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they send it. They have everything sent over to sent over from uh, their individual schools. So then you have your individual meetings with, you know, the teams that are interested with you. And now there's a certain time and certain questions that teams are allowed to ask you now. Um you know, you're, you start your day at six o'clock in the morning and then about night, you're about to run the 40 that you'll be remembered for, for the rest of your life, which is 
kind of ridiculous when you have no time to prepare sleep. You see guys running in the hallways. Uh, I remember the first year they let fans come to the combine and you were, you had to get a ticket and you had to be selected for it. And me, Tommy and Craig went down there and just to see, you know, the guys warming up in the hallway at the convention center and see the massive human beings that are at the combine and, you know, 336 players, I believe get invited and, you know, 250 of them will get drafted possibly maybe even guys who are, you know, don't go to the combine or people that go to the combine don't always get drafted. So, you know, what's funny is the year that I did the NFL combine. And then the next year that I did, um, or the year that I did that, the year that I worked for the Colts. And then the next year I did for the NFL combine was 2014. So that was Aaron Donald's rookie year. So he was at the combine. So cool story. Yeah. And I just so happened to work defensive line that day as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. I remember when, when Chris got invited to the combine, he was basically the last person to get picked to go to the combine. Yeah. The, the worst combine score of all time. And, you know, we talked about it on the podcast when he was on, like he had the worst 40 out of all the defensive linemen, but he also had, he had a bum ankle too. So um, to me, I'm a guy that, that, enjoys watching the combine uh the underwear olympics i like seeing the 40s i like to see guys you know display their athletic ability bench press that one i can kind of give or take it's cool to see guys rep 225 20 30 times but let's i'm not sure how much on field that here's what i always tell tell people and this is what i tell my athletes too is like that's cool if you can bench 500 pounds but that doesn't help you when you get pancaked on the field unless you're bench pressing the guy off of the top of you because you got pancaked. Like Exactly. Cool. I think there's more explosive movements that you can do that I think are more football related. The vertical and the broad jump are good bases to see how explosive power you have in mm-hmm. your legs. And, you know, that translates mostly to a good 40. Um, dependent specifically uh, position-wise, you know, three-cone drill. Three-cone um, uh, three cone and shuttle shuttle. But if you're a linebacker, I love shuttle drill. Um, that was one of my best drills and then the posi- position specific stuff. But um, it was a fast combine, fast combine. You saw four. Uh, I think across the board, it was the numbers were all really good. I want to say there were, there were more than 10 guys in the, in the four threes and dipped into the four, two range. Um, in wide receivers, one in corners, two guys. Yeah, three guys in four two numbers. In that's that's cra- and that's four two official numbers. This is laser timed. If yeah. anybody's ever run a a forty time that is lasered, that's accurate, unbelievably, um, because you'll have the hand timer. And what they used to do is they you'd see all the scouts up at the top run their hand timers. They all check it with each other and kind of take the average of that. Um, but the laser time is two. I remember my first time running a laser. Probably 20, ran, there's probably 20, 25 guys who ran four threes or lower. That, that's crazy. That's crazy. I remember, did you ever run a laser time at like a Nike spark combine or something like that? Once. I couldn't believe I mean, like how much slower I felt yeah. when I ran, ran with a laser. I think the fastest I ever ran was like a 
four nine like eight or something. Like I wasn't I wasn't any blazer. And that was like that was after I was done with football and like lost a whole bunch of football weight. So I did a uh, Nike combine in Columbus that, and they took the, they were going to take the best guys to do the Nike combine at the uh, Ohio state facility. And I was so close to getting in, but my, my laser 40 time, which I was hand timing like a high four, six. And I ended up running like a four, seven, eight. Yeah, I think Bev. What did Bev? Bev ran like a four five or a four, like a four four seven on laser. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think he did that right at the end of high school. Yeah, that's right. But we were able to see like, well, one thing I love about the combine is you get to see you know freak athletes. Um, the defensive tackle from Georgia, 341 pounds, running four seven lasered official time. Could you That's imagine moving. large human beings like that chasing you down and putting that weight on you? Yeah. To, to see offensive linemen who are well over 300 pounds, I want to say there was more than eight. Uh, you might have the numbers that ran in the fours. Oh, more than that. 12 guys, 12 guys running in the fours over 300 pounds. That's athletic big man who can run. Um, that's, that's crazy. It, it's 12 guys. And I think that's just going to keep getting better and better as you know, the years go on because training becomes different. Technology becomes different. Knowing how to, you know, make your body run. You, you got to think that these guys are spending or not these guys personally, but their agents are putting these guys in training facilities, spending thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars to get these guys ready for this event and their pro day. So, as yeah. an agent, because that that's kind of what I went to school for, and that's what I wanted to do when I got out of college, these guys are upfronting paying for this specific training. This paying, you know, forty thousand dollars on a guy who you hope gets drafted. Um, and you know, some guys take it seriously in their training. Some guys don't, uh, and you know, numbers don't lie. So what's funny is I, I actually love the combine just from a pure, like athletic ability standpoint, but, but in my research doing, going through all the medical school stuff that I've done and being in sports medicine, you learn to find out that the research actually shows there's no correlation between great combine results and how well you will actually be or how good you will actually be in the NFL. So yeah, absolutely. You can go run a four three forty, but as we've all seen, Darius Hayward Bay, that don't mean you can catch a ball, you know. And if you can run four three, whoop de doo. Um the same thing translates for bench press, three cone, all that stuff. They're intangibles, they're, they're athletic abilities, but they're not always the determining factor. Um, needless to say, I enjoy it, but I do know that there's there's some research out there that kind of shows that, you know, those aren't it, the results aren't everything. They can help, they can hurt. Like we said, everything. Like we said with Chris, worst 40 times, smallest defensive lineman in the combine. You know, he got drafted six overall, or not, not six overall, in the sixth, sixth round. round. And ended up leading the NFL rookies in sacks. And has a Super Bowl ring. 
and has the Super Bowl ring, which most of those guys didn't even make the playoffs in their careers. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's so many things that, you know, translate. It's kind of lucky. You got to get put in the right scheme, the right fit. Mm -hmm. And then how, you know, how you get in and put the pads on. There's a huge difference between, you know, underwear Olympics and putting the pads on and playing football. Yep. It's different. Anybody who's ever played the game knows that. So I, so I work for, and you know this, I work for a high school and our high school is notorious for just recently for recent history of bad record in football. Um, the first four years I worked here, we went two and 38. So we had two wins, 38 losses in four years. Um, but I will tell you, we never lost a scrimmage, never lost a scrimmage, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we couldn't put it together. There, there is a difference between going out there and practice and going out there in a seven on seven or a scrimmage and lining up 11 on 11 with everything on the line and actually winning a game. Um, yeah, you got to go out and win the game. And some, some of that stuff you can't teach. Like it's heart, it's determination, it's drive, it's effort. And some of those guys are just, they're gamers. Like one, one guy I know um, when I worked for the Colts 2014 was Ahmad Bradshaw. And you remember him from the New York Giant, Giant. days, but yep. Ahmad was, a guy who on game day just flipped the switch on a different level. I mean, uh, he, when he played for the Colts, he played two years. He broke his ankle twice, but when he did play, he had what ten touchdowns or something in like eight games. Yeah, he was a he was a monster. He was a thick monster, and you know, Dujane, uh, you believe some guys are just combine hogs, but on the field it doesn't translate. Yes, I would say the biggest example, and I don't want to rag on this guy because he's. He's cool, and I got to talk to him uh, this past weekend. Um, back in the 1989 NFL draft, number two overall out of Michigan State, Tony Mandrich. Tony Mandrich left tackle Michigan State. He was 6'6", 315, 4740, bench press 225, I want to say 37 times, 40 times, something like that. You know, he was on the SI covered, the incredible bulk. <clears throat> when he got to Green Bay – um, he couldn't play left tackle. He was getting destroyed and, you know, he yep. became the incredible bust. Now <laughs> come to find out, you know, he was never sober during that. He was taking painkillers and this and that and, and on steroids and clean, cleaned his life up. Uh, he had a little decent career with the Colts, but just because you have great combine numbers does not mean that you're going to be a great football player. Yeah. Who was it? Um, wasn't like Antonio Brown ran like a four six forty or something. Yeah, I mean Jerry Rice was a four seven guy. Yeah, greatest wide receiver of all time, four seven guy. And you know, Mandrich Mandrich juice like crazy, but you know, to be honest, every there is no professional athlete that has not juiced, guaranteed. Um, the NFL is the biggest one, and I'll tell you why. Because the NFL, they tell you when they're going to test. They will tell the players when they are going to test. There is no steroid testing in the NFL. There is drug testing, but there is no st steroid testing. So you, you can't tell me that guys who are six foot six, 
3.30 like Bob Sapp and have a 12-pack abs is all natural by eating, you know, nothing but lean ground beef and chicken. Hey, speak for yourself, dude. <laughs> unless unless these these guys are the 1% of the 1% of... No, no, no. Okay, okay. I think I think they're all they've all been given the necessary additions to help out with their mm -hmm. talents. But let's not let's not get away from the fact that the people in the NFL, their talent is the point one percent of one percent. For sure. Steroids um, don't make you a good football player. Correct. They do not. Steroids don't make you a good fighter, they don't make you a good boxer. Nope. They help you. Steroids help you recover so you can train longer and train harder. Yep. Yeah. Like I, right. I wish about. I took steroids so my body would hurt. Yeah. All right, last thing about the combine. So apparently this is the last year that the combine is going to be in Indianapolis. It's up for bid um, next year between cities like Vegas, Dallas, um, LA. <clears throat> you had a lot of people come out and say like, don't move the combine out of Indy. You, uh, it, it's what's great about Indy is it's all connected inside. You don't have to walk outside to go anywhere. Right. Um, you have all your medical facilities in, in one area. You have the stadium in one area that can be walked to right into inside the stadium from the convention center. You have the hotels. You have all the the uh, the bars and the restaurants. It's a great thing. Like. And I understand what the NFL is trying to do. They're trying to spread it around and get more fans involved and make a little money out of it. But it's been here for 20, 20 something years, 28 years. Why change? If it's not broke, why are you trying to fix it? Exactly what I was going to say. I agree. Yeah. They're just trying to milk the milk of money. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Roger Goodell has got to pay off his bookies now. And that's probably why. Good. You know, that's, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe Indianapolis wins the bid again, and maybe they have it. I don't know. Well, it, it, I think it all started from you know Schefter tweeting something about cold Indianapolis in February. It's like, where are you staying? Where you have to be outside to go to the combine? It, you can yeah, stay. You, you can walk from the JW to the convention center, and the convention center, you can find your way over to the. You go underground and up into the stadium. You could do yeah. that from anywhere. You could walk from the from the downtown mall to any of the hotels, and it's all connected where you don't have to walk outside once. So yep. could you imagine? So what I hope is they have the combine at Buffalo so Schefter can stick it and be like, oh, it's cold here. So don't move the combine out of Indianapolis. Like it, it's Jeff Foster and his team are perfect in how they have it set up. Yep, I agree. I all agree. right. All right. What's next? Card market, sports cards. What's going on? Well, football's done. And football done. cards are kind of leveling off and dropping. Yeah, we're hitting the we're hitting the football the football uh, off season. So people Which are is getting good. out of stuff. People If are you're if stuff. you're looking to buy, if you're looking to buy, this is a great time to start investing in those Joe Burrows and those Herberts and those Yeah. What people you're are going to be at this yeah, people are going to be on this already. Um, the market, like you could say, that people are there's going to be a big off season dip. But I think I think the market, just the entire sports card market, has matured to the point where 
people are already buying in early. And if you're not buying in early already, then you're already behind. Um, I'm sure there'll be a little more drop off, but you never know when that bottom's going to hit. For sure. And then start going back up. You know, and with the combine, that kind of helps kind of level things off. And then when the draft comes, that'll level things off. Yeah, because you know. now we're thinking once the combine <clears throat> starts, people start thinking card market of who's going to be the top players next year. It's it's a yeah. really quarterback quarterback less draft. So the I, how's the football product market for twenty two slash twenty three? Like, are you looking for Malik? You're looking for Kenny Pickett? You know? No, I think I think what because Panini's and all their releases are so far back now. You're not going to have the 2021 product until 2022 season is already underway. Mm-hmm. And then you're buying Prism in June and you're buying National Treasures in October or September. You know, at this point, like you're still going to have prospecting of the previous class. They say it's bad that it's been pushed back this far, but I kind of, I kind of see where it makes sense because like you see what happens in the rookie year, but like with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, they got better. Like they got better. Jalen hurts got better. Tua got better. Like that whole class got better in their second year. And they're in that class has taken off. I mean, that's why a lot of people buy those invest really heavy on the rookie cards because really the sophomore season is, is going to tell you how this player is going to be. Right. No, I agree. So, you know, football cards, it's time to time to buy in if, if you really, really want to go. Um, NBA cards, it, it's kind of a weird – If unless you're a Ja Morant fan, like Ja's going through the roof. and Yeah, he's like 4X since the beginning of the season. I mean, he, he scored 98 points in two games, in back-to-back yeah. games. Like if you if you're holding John Morant, this is a perfect time for you. Yeah, I think if you wanted to sell John Morant, you're probably up on it and you're probably okay selling. If you wanted to hold and wait for the playoffs, maybe they make a run like Trey Young did last year, the conference finals. Maybe you get a little more bump. I say if you have John Morant, probably wouldn't be a bad time to sell. Only it's- because you can move that money into a playoff contender like the Bucks and go with Giannis or move to the Warriors and pick up some Curry. Or if you believe in the Nets, you could pick up, pick up KD or even Chris Paul or somebody like that. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to move money. If you're in John Moran, me, I'm still sitting on LeBron, which reminds me, believe it or not, after LeBron had his 56 point game, I had like 10 people message me on eBay and through Instagram about about my the black refractor. Like they wanted to buy it. And I'm like, where were you like last week? Is yeah. it does LeBron have to go score 56 points to show you he's great again? Mm-hmm. Like he's only, you know, second tied for second in the league in scoring his 19th year. So this plays right into Duchesne's comment of how do, how does their play affect the card market? Oh, like, it goes up. As, as soon as somebody has a great game or a great back-to-back game, the perfect example that we keep using was when Kobe White was a rookie, when he had three 40-point games in a row. Everybody wanted Kobe White cards. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Now now you couldn't give Kobe White cards away. 
So Ja LeBron Morant, was dead last week. Now he's the hottest face besides yeah. Ja Morant. So Ja Morant cards through the roof. Uh, you could get a base prism PSA 10 like a month ago for about $125. Now they're going for about $235, $240. Yeah. Raw silvers, raw silver cards are about $400. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jaws through the roof. I don't know. Maybe the Lakers go on a run here. Maybe they make the playoffs, and I don't know. Um, Maybe they don't suck anymore. <laughs> one thing, one thing that I think is a good buy, and we've talked about in the past. Even though that the baseball owners are are killing their own sport, it's not a bad idea to invest in some baseball right now. Yeah, I think like when the news came out that they canceled the first two series of the year. And I think if you hear more news, like um, they're canceling the first month of the regular season, I think that can cause people to probably want to sell or like just cut their losses. And then maybe it's a good buying opportunity. You know, if there's not a lot of good speculation that the season's going to continue, maybe you buy and just hope that eventually it'll come around, you know? I've bought more baseball smart. in the last few months than anything else with that exact thought of, you know, no, if baseball's not playing, nobody's paying attention to baseball. So people want to move their product. So buy low, sell high. So I'm yep. buying my Luis Robert, uh, Bo Bichet, uh, Fernando Tatis. I can't afford a Cunha yet, but um, maybe one day, maybe one day, but we're getting there. Like, <laughs> Invest in guys that you know you think are going to have a great year. Um, I'm not into prospecting. We've been through that. Like prospecting is super hard. Um, it's, it's a lot of time. Yeah, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of info to take in. It's a lot of following. Um, if you if people are down with that, you know, good for you. But I'm going to stick with guys uh, that really are proven prospect or proven proven players. prospects like. Luis Roberts, you know, he's been in, he's been in the majors injured for, last year, but yeah, injured last year, but came back strong. Uh, Boba uh, Galvin Lux really took Tatis. a nosedive. Um, Tatis, I think is a long-term play anyway. I picked up that refractor PSA yeah. 10. Um, you could say I, I think Wander Franco probably is a good one. Wander Franco is the hot topic right now that everybody wants. Um, it's just you have to be very picky and choosy. Juan Soto. Juan Soto is yeah, you know, if you if you had his prospect prospect auto right now, it's anywhere between like nine to fifteen thousand. Yeah. Rated high. You know so how Juan, old he is? Uh-uh. Twenty-three years old. Really? Twenty-three years old. And then that's and, I didn't realize that. I heard it on another podcast. I was like, what? Twenty-three? That's so I, it's one of those things where if you want to invest in those guys, it's perfect to do instead of, you know, paying super high prices for Mike Trout, even though Mike Trout moves the needle in baseball, like he's hurt. It's always hurt. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he's the, he's the quote unquote goat of cards for baseball at the moment. But, you know, if he doesn't play a season, his cards level out. I'm looking for guys that are going to produce, you know, long-term. Maybe like, we're always trying to make that three to five percent, and if you can get anything over than that, that's just icing on the cake. So being smart with your with your picks and with your cards, not just buying a ton of stuff. Like I was even looking into some Jason Dominguez, even though I don't want to prospect. I know he's going to play, or he played 
uh, single A in Florida last year. And yeah, he'll be a, he, he'll be another one. He's thinking of. I was reading up on some Jason Dominguez. He's thinking two years, two years yeah, to the majors because he's nineteen. Yeah, so probably one to two years. Twenty twenty three, probably next year is probably his, his chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he'll be twenty. 2021. I can answer this question right now. Speaking of good things to buy, Caleb, can you tell me some more on prospective NHRA cards? Um, yes. Yes, I can. Um, we have been in discussion, uh, myself and Cruz and the NHRA. I had a meeting, it was probably three weeks ago, three weeks, three weeks ago with the, you know, one of the big card manufacturers, I won't say who, cause I don't want to spoil anything out there, but one of the big card manufacturers and trying to put a deal together for, I don't know if we'll, we probably won't obviously make production this year, but next year is a huge possibility. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into doing a card. Deal. Like if it was me and Cruz, like I could sign Cruz's licensing away in a second for like, you know, Kind of like how Leaf does. Like Leaf is individual guys. Speaking of, they signed. Did you see they signed Holland today? I did not. They that was their big news that they dropped on YouTube today that Leaf signed Holland and are going to do soccer cards. So, did they not get Mbappe? They did not. No, uh, I believe Mbappe is Panini. Uh, did he sign with Panini? I believe so. Yes. Because here's here's the thing. Mbappe has no autos. Very true. So Very true. Leaf going after Holland, great. That's a Mbappe good would have been the icing I, on the cake. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> for the NHRA cards, it's in the process. Um, still going through all the, you know, you have to get everybody on board. You have to, you know, do some things here and there. Um, but I'm looking towards 2023, but did get to have talked to vice president and a CEO of one of the major card companies um, had a video conference it was me, that company and the NHRA. So moving forward, it's looking good like that, but let's go on to soccer because soccer cards. We just talked about Mbappe Holland. I am watching because of this getting ready for world cup. I find myself watching Premier League soccer games on the regular now. <laughs> Sunday morning. Like Wesley's gonna end up being a Chelsea fan. He's I'm sure Craig Perry would be fine with that. Unless Woody, uh the Jets owner, he's talking about buying Chelsea. Um I'm not down with that. Yeah, he might run that thing into the ground. But I think a combination of you know playing a little bit more FIFA. Um, soccer cards, watching the Premier League. I'm a little bit more invested in these guys. Obviously, I'm not like, you know, we've talked to Josh. Josh is, you know, balls deep into soccer right now. You know, he's he's four or five hundred cards in, and he's only he might have more that. cards in his collection than I do right now. I guarantee he's got more than me. Um, <laughs> no, he, you get all those Tuckers and Chris Jones. That doesn't count. That's a PC. Um, but Josh is doing it, you know. Soccer is what his, what he does, what he gets involved with. Like you and me are kind of football, basketball. We can understand stuff like that. Soccer, like, you know, he knows who's hot in the MLS, who's going to move forward, who's getting loaned out, 
to you know European teams. Who's hot in the Euros? Who's going to make the national teams? Where are they playing in the national teams? Um, I can like a little bit of knowledge, but you know, soccer is not a bad play right now. If you can, if you can't afford a Holland or an Mbappe or something like that, start looking at other guys like Harry Kane, um, you know, Jordan Sancho. Even if you can get a a, a cheap fourteen World Cup prism, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, if he makes it, but, but I think still, Portugal has to play Italy for uh, for the knockout on who's going to actually make the World Cup. But still, I think you know Ronaldo's one of the goat players. I don't yeah, think it would matter. No, it wouldn't true. matter point. if they made it or not because he's he is thirty seven. I know he's close Maybe. to forty. I don't remember. I know he's close to forty, but he's one of those goat players that I think if if you have one of those tier cards that you know people are looking for it's a good long-term hold um that's why i got that lionel messi rookie um, yeah you know you can be smart uh christian polisic i was having I, so i have in my collection uh a couple mbappes christian polisic sancho i sold my ronaldo's uh lionel messi and then kind of like if I see some things, I'll text Josh and kind of get the insight on that. He's like we said, he, he's way more, he's way more knowledgeable than I am on who's, who's in and who's out. So yeah, definitely wasn't awesome. me. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm pretty much just taken off almost like I, I haven't bought baseball. I, I did. I put together like an entire sheet where I prospected like, or I, I, I like did a whole analysis on what to buy for like Acuna, Tatis, Franco, Julio Rodriguez, you know, all these guys. And then I did the same thing with soccer. I was like Mbappe and Messi, Ronaldo. And I, I just haven't bought anything. I don't know why I just haven't bought anything. I've I been back start on buying stuff. I've been back on, on the buying train mostly because. I missed and I made a I made a bunch of sales that going back through and doing doing my taxes and you know remember remember if you're buying and selling cards always keep track of your your buying sales and your sheets yep. and all that for tax information don't 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 not do that it's a pain in the ass and don't wait till the last second to do that it's a pain in the ass too yep. um, going back and lo- looking at all my game patch autos and the ones that I sold. And thinking now of, you know, that's probably the wrong move. So I'm getting back into obtaining the game patch to use autos. I got a couple more. I, I mean, I've probably bought 10 in the last two weeks. And because we had that long discussion of it's one of those things that we don't know if it's ever if it's going to go away. Getting the game used jerseys to infuse in a card. Is Fanatics going to do it? How long is this going to last? It's something real, especially if you get a used piece that's dirty or bloody or something like that. Well, I don't think as long as Panini still holds a license for the next two, three years, you won't see very many game use stuff. And it'll primarily only be in basketball. You won't see much in football. So from that aspect, like buy up all the game use football that you like. Personally, like I've collected like the top two quarterbacks the top two 
wide receivers, running backs, defensive players. I'm trying to just collect the two best pretty much at every position just for just because I, I think it's they're underrated. I, I believe I agree with you. I think all that's underrated. Um, I think it's good long term holds for anything. Uh, I'm not you have the the two per position. I'm kind of looking at, you know, guys who I like, like if you go to my Instagram page, I got that Tiki Barber, uh, exquisite patch auto, not a huge Tiki Barber fan, but that, that damn, that's a cool card. Yeah. Um, what else? What else have I got? That Chris Chelios, that, that Chris Chelios. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I would say super, super dirty patch. Um, and Donovan Sue rookie. I got that mostly because it was, uh, Jersey numbered. Um, uh-huh. there, there's a lot of stuff. And then, Dollar, like you know, going to Gizmos, like I texted you guys, uh, going to Gizmos and and slamming through the dollar and twenty five cent boxes and seeing nineteen ninety seven SPX John Stockton and and Chris Martin get those get that stuff for you know a quarter and then going to see find all that two thousand eighteen tops Chrome UFC stuff that Justin Gaethje refractor if it PSA tens it's like fucking it's like four hundred bucks. I I saw like I saw the because the gate the Justin Gaethje that's the rookie isn't it the Gaethje's a rookie the yeah. Peter the Peter Yawns I got two Peter Yawns that are just base yeah um for fifty cents they're selling for eleven dollars raw yeah so you know sometimes I was talking with Justin about this we should do like a top ten UFC guys all time of all time. That could be that could be a way to ooh, we could start off season two with that. No, I would like that. We could start off season two with that. Season be, two. Up. I don't know, should we do ten or five? Five would be hard. Ten ten will be hard because are you going to is it just gonna be UFC or can there be pride guys? No, it's UFC. Okay, if you didn't so, make it to if you didn't make it to the UFC, you weren't that good. So you're gonna say Fedor was ne- is not in the top ten? No. Oh, we could have a long discussion about that. <laughs> I like, here's the thing, like, it, it, okay, cool, Fedor, but uh-huh. like, there's there's plenty of guys you could probably put in there, and you got to remember, you got to remember, like, these older guys in UFC, were they as technically skilled and or was they just like ahead of their time? Does that make sense? I know what you're saying. Like Conor McGregor. People are head over heels in love with Conor McGregor as the GOAT. Hands down, he is not the GOAT. And it's not even close. Like, yeah, he was great at punching people's lights out. But what happened when he faced Habib? True. You know? And, and GSP. Like, GSP was great standing up he was great on the ground he was great in the clinch i mean i, I don't know all right save save your talk for when we do this podcast let's not give... re- re- remember with every other position every other position in football the top five are easy it's we, five through ten that for, hey for that different. one we might have to bring justin on yeah get involved that, think, with that yeah, one we could do that well i think we need to do that um yeah. So there's some, that, there's some definitely... guys, there's some old guys that I remember who 
I think would love to, I think are worthy of the list. Pioneers, uh, one, if that makes uh, one sense. One sport I think right now is a good investment point to start looking at is golf. With the Masters starting to come up, mm -hmm. um, golf getting more popular. Tiger, Tiger won the the most uh, whatever social media following or whatever that they get paid for that golf I made that know. giant money pool. He got like six million dollars for having the most like followers or more <laughs> followers or something like that. And Phil was number two, but I think golf is an interesting one to start getting involved with. It's becoming. I'm not saying it's not popular, but it's getting a little bit more accepted. Is accepted the right word? Yeah, I think I think the market hasn't fully matured yet, so there's definitely um, room for development and growth. Um, if you think about it, truly, like all of early golf was centered around Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. Now you have people to look after, like. Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, um, Jordan Spieth. Like, there's there's rookie cards of those people. Rory McIlroy. Like, there's there's some potential if the market matures, but the market's gotta mature. And I think I think there's definitely some potential for development and maturity there. Awesome. And we need to get Adam Hawk from Nation Golf Company, one of our sponsors. Um, one of the co-owners of Nation Golf Company. We need to get him on there. They actually sponsor one of the caddies um, this past weekend at the Arnold Palmer Classic. So Who definitely was it? Um, uh, go to their Instagram, nationgolfco.com, or <laughs> and go find out. Uh, let me look real quick. It's now a good that plug. Uh, but they got some nice stuff. Let's see. Who did the... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, Patton Kazari, Bagman. Okay. Pat. Uh, Joe Etter. Okay. Um, so uh, Nation Golf did a collaboration with uh, Arnold Palmer Spiked and did a, a really cool Arnold, Arnold Palmer Spiked hat. Uh, and then they had a polo design and, and it was very cool. Go check it out nationgolfco.com hard collar stuff i own a couple couple very nice i can't wait to go golfing in it this year it's gonna be badass um, but definitely we need to get him on um trying to think of like you know i'm trying to look you know oh one thing that i really wanted to kind of touch on real quick was do you feel that when people are selling their cards, are they realistic with the price or are they just trying to set the new high for whatever that card is? Um, both. Number one, you have to look at what card they're selling. If they're selling a base PSA 10 where there's 20,000 in the pop report and they want over comps for it, they're stupid. Um, but if they're selling a jaw prism gold to 10 and the last one sold for $20,000 in you know January I'm pretty sure jaw prism gold would go over $20,000 in March um so I think it's kind of depending upon each card 
you know, the rarity of it and everything goes in. But here's the other thing. People need to stop asking under comps on things if they want a high-end card. If you want the high-end card, you pay the money for it. You take out your checkbook and you pay the damn money. Like, if someone's asking for $1,000 over and that's the only one that's available, that's probably fair. You know, especially if it's a guy that's on the rise, like Ja, or if we're talking about LeBron, for instance, and LeBron's bottom was when his black refractor sold for 17000 two months ago, and then a month ago it sells for 19000 the next one probably is not going to sell for lower. Regardless of how bad they are, mm-hmm. LeBron's also nearing a significant career accomplishment this year where he's going to pass Carl Malone to be the number two all time. He's also going to have 10,000 rebounds and 10,000 assists, be the only person to ever have 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists in a career. And at the end of this year, he will be top five in assists, top 25 in rebounds, and 30,000 points, I mean, in second all time. So he's going to be only top 25 or better in every st- st- statistical category. So uh, that's there's there's to me that's that, that's to kind pay. of a to me that's a that's a dead given. If you're paying for a goat card, be willing to shill out the money. But yeah, I'm talking about under, like nobody's going to go under comps for it's stupid. No. But I'm talking about like for example, I just looked up, you know, I'm doing one of my <clears throat> I'm doing one of my searches of kind of what I look for at night. So 2021 Immaculate Football, Chris Johnson, the former running back for the Titans. Triple patch on-card auto, one out of five. Game-worn stuff. So it's triple patch, three game-worn, on-card auto, one out of five. $150. Fair? Not fair. It's probably fair. Okay. Out of 99, same type of card, but out of 99, 89.99, fair or not? No, it's probably 50 bucks. So, I, I mean, I can scroll through a lot of these and, you know, I'll make offers on a lot of stuff that get kicked back as a no. And yeah. it, it um, that's, that's where it becomes hard because, like, the example or another example is like, if you find a Deacon Jones, like Deacon Jones patch auto, there may only be three or four, and nobody wants to sell them for cheap. So whatever the price is, it's probably what it's going to go for. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, like PMGs are really hot, right? So super, yeah. So nobody's going to go willingly go under cops for PMGs if a card is super rare and there's only been two sales in the last two months you know it, like you're gonna have to pay a little bit more if you want a pmg that bad otherwise you're gonna sit and you're gonna wait for it to come back down or so one of the cards that i did make an offer on uh greg jennings 2015 flawless it's a four color patch on card this is greg jennings with the dolphins not with the packers with the dolphins you only play one year with the Dolphins. So on card, it's out of it's out of 15. I offered $17. Okay. Guy wanted 50. 
here's here's part of this. Caleb, how many times have you dealt with multiple hundred dollars or multiple thousand dollar transactions? Tons. Okay. What's fifty dollars in the grand scheme of this hobby right now? What what can fifty dollars get you in in this hobby just from like rookies? Base cards. It, maybe, maybe, maybe. So you're talking about a quad four color patch of Greg Jennings and the only year he ever played with the Dolphins for 50 bucks. I'm kind of like, okay, if you really want it that bad, pay the $50. Yeah. But that's stop scrounging over $23 or $33. Like, but uh, the, my thought is like, I'm sure I'm the only person that's put in a bid or not a bid, but an offer on that. And probably about a year, because like you said, People aren't collecting Greg Jennings Dolphins stuff. People no, but but there's also super collectors like Duke, who's collecting Duke Johnson for the Browns. Who's, who's collecting Chad Henney? Duke, it's a quarterback. Like Michigan, Michigan people, Michigan fans. Like uh, Justin, he has the entire rainbow of Connor Cook from Michigan State. Sometimes, like. The collectability, like you're collecting a, you're collecting for the fact that you're collecting. Sometimes you just got to collect it. Like you just got to pay the price. Yeah. Like I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay $3,000 for an Aaron Donald rookie PSA 10, but the last one sold for 3,500 and this is the only one on the market. Three grand. Okay. I guess I'll pay it. You know, to me, the difference is if it's a card that I, that I really, really want. I'm not going to bust somebody's chops over, you know, a couple hundred bucks. If it's something that I think like, come on, like no one's, no one's paying top dollar for this card, at least work with me on. Then you know what you can give them? You can give them the middle finger and say, keep putting it on your listings because no ain't got, ain't nobody. Because I'm going to be the only one that's, that's going to offer you money. It's one of those things that, well, I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to take a loss on anything. Well, if you got a card from 2006 that nobody wants, and I'm offering you something, are you going to take the money, or do you, or do you no, want to sit on no. that card? I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, there's people who still have a Johnny Manziel. Yeah, Johnny Manziel auto is going for, for $50. like thousands, thousands of dollars on eBay, and you're like, dude, like the guy's a pothead crack addict. Or like, Tyrone anybody, Biggums wouldn't even pay for his stuff. Anybody who's holding a, a shield auto of some guy who made it six months in the league, who was asking five, six hundred dollars for it, like it, it's not, it's not just move on with the card. It's a hundred dollar or less card. Yeah, I think I think people are getting yes, to your point, some people get greedy with it. Um especially on the low end, like just stuff that they've held on to. And it's a pride thing. It's all a pride thing. For it's sure. a, I never moved it for the price that I should have moved it for because I held it on. And then now I'm stuck with it. And now I'm not going to take a loss and I'm just going to keep taking a loss until. Until it, it's worthless. Yeah, you're gonna, exactly. You're going to have to hang exactly. on to it for the rest of your life. Exactly. They're going to hold it to the grave. And that's the problem. I think with some of these old crusty collectors, but, but, Sometimes, like if it's a personal collection thing, like sometimes you just pay the money. Like yeah. I have an Eric Dickerson that I bought when I started this game use collection. The guy wanted like four hundred net, right? <clears throat> so 
he never responded to me. Like I said, okay, fine, 400. And he never responded, never responded, never responded to me. And I kept sending the stupid eBay offers, but the, the listing price was like 450 or something like that. So he would never, he would never take it off eBay. He would never listen to me. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it outright. I'm going to pay the extra $50. I'm just going to buy the card and then I'm going to leave you a negative review for how much of a trash bag you are. Sometimes that's what you just have to do. You say, what? Well, you know what? I'll pay the extra $50 that, just to tell you to stop being a tool bag. That, or if you have the best offer option, that's what really grinds my gears. If you have the best offer option and the best offer I can make is $5 less than your listing price. <laughs> yeah. Don't even true. have, don't even have the, the listing don't even have the offer button on that's true and yeah i hate, I hate that i, I hate, hate that. that and it's like i'll keep i'll keep up in my price but let's be realistic because depending on the platform we're working with like i'm going to pay out the ass on taxes on shipping on this yep. and that that's why yep. sponsor plug use my slabs sell right. your raw cards sell your graded cards sell way to add that in Sell everything on my slabs. Get off of eBay. Prices on eBay are going through the roof. Taxes and eBay fees are going through the roof. Go to my slabs. You're going to pay no more than 3%. Starting everything less than 1%. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Slabs, 1%. Uh, raw raw cards, 3%. Yep. My slabs. That's, my that's all I'm buying. And 45000 Verified users. That's a great thing about my slabs. Just to jump in there real quick, is verified users and these guys like Matthew, they really care about the customer experience. If you do not respond within three days, your account's done for. Yep. If there's you know, anything shady that you do, your account, you're banned. You're gone. You're yep. out there. Um, those guys take it extremely serious. I've had nothing but great, great reviews except for that one dude that that <laughs> um my tatis card that the guy broke up with, <laughs> yeah, guy we, broke we, up with his girlfriend and left yeah and left all of his cards it's like uh was great. i just paid you know a couple to, hey, tell the story tell card. the story tell um, the story okay so i'm on my slabs i'm looking to buy baseball i found a fernando tatis jr uh psa 10 refractor rookie uh, is this the one good, that you have now Yes, it's the one that I have okay. now. So it's I bought it. I was like, got a great price for it, and I'm excited. And, you know, a day goes by, then no tracking. Normally, um, with my slabs, it's hooked up to your your text, so you get a text if you get an offer or if yep. somebody buys your stuff, and then you have like 24 to three days or 24 hours to three days to put in a tracking number. Yep. So nothing, nothing. So I emailed the guy and I said, Hey man, you know, kind of what's going on. Like I bought this card, like what's tracking. And then he sends me like this nine paragraph thing back that, you know, him and his girlfriend broke up. They lived in New York. He left, he grabbed his stuff and went back to his parents' house, but he left his cards <laughs> at the apartment. He doesn't know when he's going to go back to the apartment to get his cards and I was like, oh, here we go. Super shady. So I reached out on the MySlabs forums and just put it out there, kind of screenshotted the whole thing of what, what happened, kind of let the community know. 
and then Matthew, who's who's one of the I, I think he's a co. He's one of the he's one of the administrators on one Facebook. Of the, he's one of the admins. Greeny. Yeah, great dude. Got a really really hands on. Um, he reached out to him, and then that guy got back to me. But it's like you listen to everybody else. Like you know, why are you gonna leave and just leave your card collection there, especially if there's you know thousands and thousands of dollars of cards there. So whatever. And don't have getting, crazy ex-girlfriends. Don't have crazy ex-girlfriends. And if you do leave the house, take your cards with you. Especially yeah, somebody, forget the clothes. You can always buy clothes. You can't especially buy if more somebody just bought especially if somebody just sent you a bunch of money to to buy a card. Yeah. Send that. So yeah. ended up getting it after a week or so. I'm happy. That was, that was a funny story. Oh, it was it yeah. wasn't funny at the time. It was funny on the on the forum though. Yeah. Don't don't tell don't tell your girlfriends, don't tell your wives where you put your, your cards at. No. Hide them. So that way you don't. can always go back and grab them. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> cool. Well, you got anything else to, to break down on? No, I think we're good. Um let's see. What's next week? Are there any events coming up? Are there any UFC events coming up other than Colby Covington? Nothing, nothing just, huge. Laying on top of Jorge Masvidal for five rounds. Uh, who, like, who thought that Colby was actually going to strike with Jorge? He's a great wrestler. Why would you ever, ever strike if you're a wrestler? Like he he straight up GSP Jorge. Yeah, Masvidal. for for Drake for Drake putting two hundred seventy five thousand dollars on Jorge. That's on you, bro. Like no one thought that that was that Jorge had a shot. Yeah, and if you did, you're not a real mixed martial arts fan. Yeah, and I love Jorge, and I love Jorge. He had no no shot at winning that fight. No, he's he, not, he did he did in the fourth fight. round. He did in the fourth round when he rocked Colby, but he was so tired and so gassed that he couldn't yeah, he couldn't press push, him. He couldn't push forward to, to finish no. that fight. So, no, we're good. We'll okay. uh, we'll look to uh, we probably should do another uh, series here soon. Yeah, we'll do a series. We'll get Justin involved, uh, especially if it. Yeah, let's do a UFC, UFC one, a top 10 UFC. That would be fun. But obviously, i got to thank our sponsors as always, MySlabs. That's MySlabs.com. Buy and sell your slabbed cards, slabbed comic books, and sealed wax for only up to 1% fees. Um, the web's premier marketplace for collectors and investors. Uh, slab savers, protectyourslabs.com. If you use code DREAM3, you'll get 10% off your order. Um, those guys make great stuff. They protect all my cards. Um, graded card solutions. That's gradedship.com. Use code dream 15 to get 15% off your order. Don't trust the post office, ship your cards. Definitely take care of your stuff when you're shipping it. And finally nation golf company, join the fellowship at nationgolfco.com. Follow them on Instagram. Great people. Um, but another, uh, great podcast today. Uh, I'm sure I'll be up uploading this tonight because i'll probably get another three hours of sleep thanks to my brand new son um working on some other things if you remember if you have any questions comments reach out to us on instagram on twitter share the show give us a like depending on where you're watching it remember we're on apple podcast on google podcast on spotify anywhere you can find podcasts we're up on there we've got a facebook page www.facebook.com backslash the dream three podcast, our YouTube page, our Twitch page, wherever. Find it. Follow it, it all. Follow, it, it, all. All. Follow it, all. it all. 
Tell us we suck. Just give us some sort of comment. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We'll take, we, we'll take a you suck. We'll take Only if anything. the Kurt Angle music is playing. Hey, we're, we're over 830 total downloads. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Anyway, this is probably the worst podcast you've ever listened to in your life. But we continue right. to thank you. 800 other back. people agree. Yes. So until next time, we'll talk to you all later. Peace.